Yeah, I can, man. How are you? There we go. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am doing great. How about you? Dude, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Because that's exactly what I'm trying to go for here. <laughs> so, how have you been, my good sir? Man. Just in general. I've been good, dude. I've been good. Learning to go to, like, learning how to be a college student, like, in this pandemic time has been really crazy. Um, but I'm lucky that I go to a small school uh, where they've been able to put in a lot of really good COVID protocols to like, just keep us safe on campus and uh, allow us to be on campus and living in dorms. But man, it's been a trip. Really, really good uh, for like personal growth uh, and like very challenging from an academic standpoint. But man, it's exciting to just get the opportunity to like be in a new space and learn what that looks like, you know? Yeah, I totally get it. I mean, you should see me. I mean, I live in the east coast i live in hoboken new jersey i live in my own apartment and like i went from being that one dude uh, or being in you know a dorms my freshman year and having a great time with that and having like you know the college experience and then by march it's just like well we're gonna cut that short for a little bit and then i had to completely do 180 adjusting and i will say that i am thankful that i actually had the opportunity I've learned how to, you know, actually handle myself mm. because God knows I was not very good at that before yeah. I ended up getting an apartment and being on my own. So, but uh, I'm glad that you're doing well. Where are you going to school again? I don't remember. I'm going to Whitworth University up in Spokane, Washington. Okay, you're going to Whitworth. All right. Sure. That, that that makes me happy because I have a bunch of friends that go to Gonzaga. So Absolutely. you're in, the, in that wheelhouse, if you will. Exactly, man. Exactly. Uh, so uh, what are you studying? Um, currently, uh, my declared majors are history and sociology, and I'm hoping to also put a minor in leadership studies. Um, the ultimate goal is to apply to uh, Whitworth's master's in teaching program, uh, like the postgrad program, uh, once I graduate with my undergrad. Uh, and then with the master's in teaching, of course, the goal is to become a secondary educator, hopefully teaching civics and history and maybe even leadership in some capacity at a high school. Look at you. I mean, that's that is exactly what I first of all, I will say that is a fucking amazing goal especially for you because you are a wonderful amazing person and i know that you of all people if you're going to be a high school teacher the, uh, like if anyone's going to be a high school teacher it's going to be you because you are amazing and you do so much but um and dude i'm, I'm proud of that that's that's an amazing thing to do because i mean i'm out here over in hoboken you know struggling through engineering courses <laughs> and uh you know i'm gonna go do something i don't know what that is yet mm -hmm. but i'm gonna do something related to it uh you know, we'll see what that is. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, at, at this point, I'm just I'm just hoping for internships um, yeah. this summer. Yeah. So, uh, but we'll see. But I'm glad that you're doing that, man. I mean, you you got it all, man. You are you are one of the like people to do that, and that is like you you found that niche of things, and you just got it. Hey, I appreciate. That, um, man, you're far far too kind, but I appreciate it. Nah, I mean, listen, listen, I think that not enough people in the world uh, uh, just talk to each other like they're normal people <laughs> and talk to each other like they are, you know, uh, just the other thing is I don't think people talk to each other like they're friends anymore. Mm -hmm. People talk to each other. It's all business. You know, I, I just want to talk. 
I saw that. I mean, that's the whole point of me making this whole little podcast thing is that I just want to get to the point where people can listen and maybe kind of get a semblance of the feeling of, you know, just, you know, talking at a coffee shop, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the, like, there's, there's not enough room that we've left for just casual human connection. Like there, there's always supposed to be some kind of intent behind it. Um, and usually that intent isn't based around like just getting to know another person. It's usually based around trying to be productive in some way. Um, and I think that like one of those little things that we just brush past so easily in the rush to get the things we need to get done done is the like time that it takes to connect with a person like genuinely. And it's like, even though that seems like something that we do all the time without thinking about it, um, when you're really intentional with it, it's a lot different and a lot more significant. So dude, when you were telling me about the the idea for the podcast, I was getting so excited. I was telling my roommate, I was like, dude, my friend Jackson, he's got this idea. I freaking love it. Like I want to be on this. Like I was super, super excited about it. But yeah, man, I'm just happy to be here. Well, thank you, my dude. I mean, that's that is a that is a huge compliment because, if anything, the only thing that I'm like I'm not worried that this thing is going to be like popular or whatever because I think I have enough people in my life that support me. Yeah. But um, the only thing is that I'm the thing is that I'm not going to like it. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing that I'm worried about. At this point, it's already doing better than I thought. So there you go. But uh, anyway, but back to what you're saying about being like the intentional thing. Like, literally uh, yesterday, um, I went out with uh, two friends that I from Stevens that I met uh, when I was in my general chemistry class uh, first semester, uh, Sean and Michael, who I've met, who I haven't talked to for forever. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw Sean at the gym uh, like a week back, like a week ago. And I was like, hey, you know what? That'd be kind of cool to see that guy. So I uh, DM'd him on Instagram and I said, hey, do you want to go, do you go get like lunch or dinner or something at some point? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'd be down. And I met, and I met with him uh, for Mexican food uh, down the street uh, with Michael uh, la- yet last last night. Yeah. And it's amazing because, like, I enjoyed it. It was awesome. And it was just talking. There was nothing else related mm-hmm. to it. It was just talking about everything that's going on. And I missed that so much. Yeah. And I'm doing the same thing. I have friends uh, who go to school in Columbia and Fordham, uh, Lauren and Taylor, and I'm I'm – going to meet with them for coffee at some mm-hmm. point. I haven't quite gotten the details out because we're both, we're all really busy, <laughs> but it's going to happen and I'm going to make it happen because they're people that I like and they're people that I enjoy talking to. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it's just become the unfortunate, the, it's a mixture of two things. I think that in this day and age, we've been, everyone's kind of focused on moving forward. And then this pandemic in, eliminated any possibility of not doing that. Mm. And now we're all kind of sitting here and I think a lot of people are just wondering what to do with their, with the time they end up getting because everyone has some form of free time, but it depends on how productive you want to be using it. And if you're not doing anything like, you know, skills wise or whatever, like if you're not out there, you know, learning pottery or uh, cooking, cooking um, Spanish meals or whatever, <laughs> but, or are out here or out here getting like six pack mm-hmm. abs, everyone's like, you're not doing anything with your pandemic. And it's like, yeah. Sure, I can agree with that, but also like you gotta save some time for the people. Because I mean, I, I am, I have gotten. Because you, you remember like when I was in. Uh, for all, for those of you who are listening, uh, since you probably don't know this, uh, when I was a senior 
I went to a leadership camp called um, why can I not remember the name? Mount Adams. Can you can you Mount Adams? Thank you, uh, Mount Adams in uh, Washington State, and um, it was an amazing experience. Um, I kind of like you know just barely scraped my way in on a technicality. <laughs> Is that I ran? I ran the uh, freshman orientation that year, and under those rules, I was allowed to be on leadership camp. But I was one of the three other people that were not directly part of the cabinet for associated student body who was allowed in. So thank God for that. But um, anyway, I met Nick there, uh, and Nick went to Sumter High School. Uh, right? Yes, yeah, Sumner High School. Yeah. Boom, baby, Sumner High School, uh, which is uh, uh, like Southern ish washington right am i wrong yeah right. it's, it's about like 20 minutes east of tacoma or like an hour south of okay seattle. so so south of seattle for those of you east coasters who <laughs> you know don't necessarily know that <clears throat> but um uh but when i was there i learned a whole lot about leadership and um you know learning the thing is that when nick met me i can almost guarantee uh, back then, when I was a senior, I had no idea how liked I was because I was an awkward, antisocial little man. And I had <laughs> no idea what to do with myself socially or physically or anything. And um, uh, by the time I ended up being a senior, and I had a whole wonderful group of friends, first of all, that helped me get through mm -hmm. that. But uh, the main thing was starting at that leadership camp of people kind of doing the whole intentional thing, forming those deep connections. Cause I mean, I met people that I hadn't met in mm -hmm. years and like seeing them. And cause I forgot the people that I met when I was like in middle and elementary school, went to other schools, but those other schools may come, you know, cross my mm -hmm. path at some point. Like uh, um, Nate Sutter, who uh, played football with me when I was in like, when I was like in seventh or eighth grade, um, he went to Eastlake High School, which is the high school right next door to me. And I had not talked to him since then. And he's my age. I had not talked to him at all since since then until he went to leadership camp. And I reconnected with him, and it was the greatest thing because he is amazing. And, like, I got to get to know him again. And I met people, like, um, weirdest thing. So you're going you're gonna to hate me about this a little bit. But this is, this is going to be kind of a weird thing for you to find yeah. out now. But um, – so uh, you remember Tristana? Yeah, absolutely. Right? So uh, funnily enough, Tristana is my cousin Ashley's absolute best friend, really? or one of my one of my yeah. best friends. So seeing Tristana there was like, oh my god, this is amazing! And Tristana is first of all of anybody in this world to like be out there doing things. Tristana's mm -hmm. amazing. She is, she's probably one of the more intentional people I've met out there, and she's awesome. Like, I remember I visited Gonzaga, and this is the funniest story I had from that whole thing. Um, first of all, I met, like, 15 different people I knew. It's an exaggeration, obviously, but, mm -hmm. like, I walked into the, uh, like, main, like, building at Gonzaga, yeah. and uh, three separate people that I knew all said hi to me. Mm -hmm. And as someone who had been visiting colleges that had, like, a bunch of people mm -hmm. that I didn't know. That was a little bit of a weird, like jarring mm -hmm. experience. Cause I, you know, I mean, I went to ASU, I visited ASU, which is just like 50,000 yeah. kids. So I wasn't gonna meet anyone I knew. Um, and then as I walked by the dining hall, Tristana saw me 
she jumped up out of her <laughs> chair and ran out to me. And I was like, What's, what is mm-hmm. happening right now? But, um, you know, I got to meet all those wonderful people. And that kind of started me on my little journey through my mm-hmm. senior year of getting to get a little more of that confidence in me. And, you know, I became, I became more open with my friend group. I don't know if I, I don't know if it's was reciprocal. And I, I do think that I definitely could have been more uh, open and, uh, you know, connecting with my friend group as they were to me. But, you know, I think that uh, that's, I mean, that's a regret of mine, but I think that I have been, I think that everyone, you know, makes Mm -hmm. those mistakes here and there. But uh, I think that I'm trying my best now because I definitely have been trying to talk to them because they are people that I miss Mm -hmm. dearly. But um, anyway, but by the end of it, um, funny, the funniest thing was that uh, during uh, senior, what is it called? Ah, I can't remember what it's called for some reason, but uh, there's this time where um, uh, all the seniors kind of get together with the parents before Mm. graduation. And, uh, you know, they give out awards and different things and uh, like valedictorian, salutatorian, whatever. And I didn't expect to get anything because, I mean, I didn't really do a whole lot. I wasn't really the Mm. most active. Um, And uh, like the probably the most, the biggest thing I was on was Mm -hmm. the football team. And uh, I mean, I wasn't really hugely active in that. Um, I wasn't hugely active in much else, but, um, at the end of it, I got the, uh, most inspirational senior award. Mm. And like, I, I thought about it and like, people were there like cheering and clapping and all this other, other stuff. And I had no idea that I was actually like, you know, well-liked enough. People were willing to give me that Mm. award and it felt so much better. And that definitely for me, the one thing is that I wish I realized that sooner because I felt bad because all these people were, were like, you know, giving me all this love and this wonderful stuff. And I was sitting there like, who the hell are you? What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? And I, and I didn't, I didn't register mm-hmm. it at all. But, um, and I'm, I'm so, the thing is, is that I could not be any more grateful for my experience in that. And like, ugh, it was awesome. But um, anyway, and since then, I don't. Th- I don't know if you. I don't know if you can probably tell, but I. I don't know if you can tell if I've gotten like a little bit more on that yeah. sound, on that like vibe. But I mean, yeah, it. It's one of those things where I think a lot of times, like the things we do on an everyday basis, they become so like routinely a part of just who we are, what we do, the people we talk to, the people we see. And it's like, you don't necessarily understand or realize the fact that you could be having a significant impact on somebody. Like I could see you every day and it's just a part of my habit to just be like, what's up Jackson? Like, how are you? And like have a little connection. It just could be like a routine thing that I want to make sure I check in with you. And I could not realize like how much of an influence that builds. And like for you, man, it sounds like all of the stuff you did, like your senior year, the things that you, took in from camp and like tried to put back out into the world like people noticed and it obviously had like a big impact on them and it sounds like you getting that award very much was the moment of like oh wait a second like the things I was doing was actually like there was some significance to it that I didn't even understand that's a really really cool like understanding to come to oh yeah it's it's awesome and like the thing is first of all for you 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 knew how to do that like from the get-go I want to say that because like I followed you. I followed you on Instagram right afterward, and seeing like 
Because were you? Are you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a uh, class of twenty twenty. Okay. Yeah, you're you're so mature at this point. <laughs> I, you might as well be. Anyways, but um, but uh, for you, like I watched as you were there, and like, dude, you like killed it because like you did, like everything you could and i think that you did like more than anybody else would have expected out of anybody else like you are amazing and like the fact that you did all you did at that high school and like really got yourself through it is really like it makes me feel good because like i every time i look i'm like i know that guy that's my friend i remember that guy and you know that's it's amazing and i think that um you know I think that we all really need to, I think the weirdest thing for me is that like, you know, I spent four years of high school with some people that I barely ever Mm. talked to and barely registered a connection with, but the people that I spent a week with Mm -hmm. at leadership camp, people I spent a week with on on certain retreats that I went to in high school, um, and people I spent like the smaller times with are people that I remember pretty well. Like I almost, I would say that I remember about, I remember and may have talked to, I would say about seven or eight different people from that leadership camp that I remember. And then I, and then I also have like, you know, my core, like the friends that from high school mm. went with me, I remember all of them. And like, I, I, I enjoyed the company of all of them. And I think that they're all, and the thing is that they're all doing great things. Like they're the people that I look at and I see those are the people that are going to go places. And I appreciate that so much. Cause like, I feel like mm-hmm. I was a part of that and it's kind of cool. Cause I, I mean, I, I hope they feel the same way. I don't know, but I really hope they feel the same way. But, um, I think that they like th- that whole leadership camp thing is just, a like if i could if i was a superintendent of any school i would make sure that there is something in the curriculum that makes it as available as possible i wouldn't make it mandatory because i think that mm. kind of ruins the whole thing but um i would make it as because i think that even though my teacher technically made it yeah. mandatory for me i think that it's like it's not mandatory if, mm-hmm. in that way you know because yeah. i'm going with friends so it wasn't really you know mm-hmm. mandatory but um like make it as available as possible. Cause I think that I don't think there's a single person there mm. who didn't benefit. I don't know how much they benefited. I don't know how much they benefited, but I think every single yeah. person there benefited because I think like it's such a wonderful mm-hmm. thing to understand, but you know, and I think that, um, you know, as I've grown up and now that I am a solid, you know, not go that far, a, uh, well-adjusted, <laughs> I'm not going to say solid because my, my life, I'm, I am a, I am a college student and my life technically is not solid yet. I have not, that's, that's, that's a little too far, but I'll say well-adjusted at this point. I am a well-adjusted uh, sophomore in college who's, you know, attempting to do as much as he possibly can with his life. And, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm also meeting people that, you know, I never thought I never definitely would never have met if I uh, didn't, uh, if I basically all the steps that I took in high school led me to where I am now. And like, I couldn't be happier for it. I live in my absolute, like I did not realize when I was mm-hmm. in the colleges, how like, 
how easy it is to find, oh, yeah, mm, I yeah. want to live here. It is the weirdest thing because when I was visiting, uh, like I went to ASU, I went to the university, I went to Illinois Institute of Technology, mm-hmm. I went to UW, I went to Spokane uh, and Gonzaga, I did all that. And every time I went there, I'm like, yeah, I like, mm-hmm. I like parts of this place. I like parts of this place and da-da-da, all that. And then I came here to Hoboken. And uh, for those uh, who don't know, uh, Hoboken is a, uh, is a small-ish little, um, I would say, a commuter town of New York City. Uh, it's literally right across the Hudson. Uh, it's about 50,000 people. And it is, I would describe it kind of as if you took the nature, if you took like the size of like a suburban town with the density of New York and you kind of concentrate it with that thing, it's like a cozy New York feel. And I love it. Like I could not be any happier mm-hmm. than where I, with where I am. And like, I, I definitely wouldn't have got that if I didn't, you know, take the time to, you know, A, take the time to learn things in high school and B, to put the effort in to actually mm-hmm. like, you know, get something out of it. Um, I don't know how, you, I mean, the thing is for me is like, I can tell mm-hmm. that you're doing the same thing because I imagine that you are loving it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, I definitely, that, that, uh, the whole like, finding a place and really being like, dang, I could definitely live here. Like, that's a very real experience. Like when I was looking at schools, Whitworth and Gonzaga were like 1A, 2B or 1A, 1B, just like right, right in with each other. And I was like, dang, man, looks like I'm going to end up in Spokane. Like that's just the way it looked. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely connect with what you're saying about like the, the things that you took in high school and like things that you did then that you didn't even necessarily – expect to benefit you in the future like there was a ton of stuff or a ton of times throughout like my four years of high school where i was like huh i really don't see why i'm doing this and what it's gonna do to help me in the future right like there's so much of that stuff where it's like even from like talking about stuff like being in specific classes to even just like different extracurricular activities you do you're like why why am i doing this like what is the purpose of this and it was Definitely something that I something I thought a lot about after camp when we were there together. My would have been my junior year, your senior year. Um, it was I was talking to a friend and he pulled up this quote on me. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm a sucker for quotes. Like that 110%. I'm a sucker for quotes. And my friend goes, I don't know, man. I, I heard this thing the other day. There's a guy named Miles Monroe who once said, uh, if you don't know the purpose of a thing, you will abuse that thing. And it, it was something I kind of took to heart in the sense that like when I came back to school and there were all these things like in my leadership classes, in my uh, like leadership positions where we were super, super focused on like character growth, uh, on servant leadership, like being um, being of service to others and learning what that looks like. And a lot of times I think that it was especially in my first two years of high school, it was something where I just kind of did it because it was the thing to do. And when I came back from camp and like having those conversations, I really thought about it. And I was like, what's the purpose of this? Like, why, what am I doing this for? Um, and I kind of realized and I looked at it and I was like, when I like launch out of this little town that I live in and am out either as an adult, as a college student, uh, when I be, when I get married, when I have kids, when I become an educator, things like that, like the character growth stuff is the stuff that's going to stay consistent. Like, me learning how to be an intentionally kind person and be 
being patient, being respectful, learning how to be humble, learning how to be honest when it's difficult, like all of these different skills that I was being provided opportunities to work on in high school, even when I didn't realize it, like I could have just abused that, taken advantage of the positions and the leverage to try and get into a school and not paid attention to any of it. But I think that the amount of intentional time I spent just pushing at those and trying to work on them and really taking it to heart, like it's gotten me very far to where I am today. Like the connections I make, the the influence I have with others, like, dude, we spent enough time on our relationship at camp that like we're here talking right now. Like even that's a testament to like all yeah, this different stuff. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's definitely something where I think no matter how far down the road I get and no matter how much I look back and I'm like, oh man, that part of high school really sucked or that part of high school I would just totally take out. There are certain pieces that I'm very thankful that like I spent time diving into because they're things that are going to serve me for the rest of my life. Whether or not I want to attribute that to high school is a whole other conversation, but like it's something that I am definitely going to be aware of for a really long time is the the different uh, opportunities I was provided and like just how thankful I am I took advantage of them, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that that is a, mm. like, that is kind of the whole point, I'd argue. But, um, like, for me, like, for one thing, like, I would never, ever attribute all of that of course. Like, solely at my high school. Because while I think, I think, like, I think the school provided me with a lot. Uh, and I also know that there are tons of people who disagree mm. with me. And I think that's fair. That is totally valid. Um, but, like, for me, I think that there is, I think the thing is, is that for one thing, my class in general, I think had probably one of the best cultures as a whole of, you know, being together as a class and not any real individuals. Granted, there are individuals there and they didn't necessarily help, but, you know, I think in general, I think that we operating together was, you know, something we kind of did. And then the other thing is that I think that there is an underlying culture that's not necessarily related to anything mm. academic, athletic or whatever. Uh, where I am, where it's like, you know, the, the idea of, you know, mm. building relationships more important than anything else. And, you know, I, again, I think that for me, I'm going to pick, cause I went from, so I lived in a little suburban, mm -hmm. a little suburb of Renton, which is just South of Seattle <laughs> for those who don't know. It's like literally right in South of Seattle. It's where Boeing has their, um, mm -hmm. commercial airplane division. Um, that's, that's like what we're known for. <laughs> But um, I live in a little suburb of that. Uh, there's probably about 10,000 people in my, in my, in my little town. Um, and I went from there to New York, like the Big Apple, where there's 8 million people in New York alone. There's like 18 million in the entire metro area. And like, there are tons more people than I could ever imagine. And I would, it would take me my whole life to, um, to know it, even like a, a quarter to a half people here. But like, I'm going to take that, you know, and that intentional stuff, that relationship building stuff, all of that is going to carry with me when I get a job, when, you know, I, I, you know, start dating, get married, all that, all of that is going to be carried with me. There's no, none of that is going to be able to be left, left behind. Cause if mm. I do, I'm going to make a big mistake because I don't see, I don't know any person on this planet mm. who doesn't value those things, uh, whether they have them or they're you know, receiving them either way. I think that uh, no matter what you always value it. Like I know that whenever I meet someone mm. like you, for example, 
um, <laughs> uh, who has that like like-minded values and like like-minded understanding. For me, like I am immediately gra- I immediately gravitate to that. Like if I listen, if there was 15 people that I knew from uh, around my high school age, and uh, I had to pick one of them to go to lunch with me when they visited here, uh, I would pick you. You'd probably be my first choice um, uh, among those 15, given uh, that they didn't necessarily understand all of it. Like, there, I mean, the thing is that you are like, you, you have that understanding with me, and mm. I gravitate to it, and it matches. And that is a wonderful, amazing thing. And like, there are people who, you know, I have common interests with and all that, but a common goal and a common like connection mm-hmm. type deal, I yeah. guess. I don't know how you would phrase it. But that like really does wonders. I never, I never realized like that. That is what keeps your your relationships like mm-hmm. rock solid once you leave. Because like I have, I mean, my best friend. Uh, I'm gonna name him because <laughs> I know he doesn't really care that much, and also a lot of people know him. So uh, and he's wonderful. His name is Max Engelhart, and he is my best. He is my best friend. Plain and simple, he's the he's the man who I've who I've known mm-hmm. probably the longest. Um, that I like hung out with a lot. Um, there are definitely people who are really good friends I've known for about as long, but I didn't mm-hmm. hang out with them till the end, and that's a shame. But um, Max, what Max is one of the best people I've met, and today even today, like I'll talk to him, and you know, uh, he's a big gamer. We'll play games. He's amazing. He goes to Gonzaga, and like he. Uh, it's always nice having a conversation with him. I don't mm. think I've ever had a bad conversation with him uh, unless mm. we're both mad. But like, other than that, like he's a awesome, like, and I, and the thing is, is that I, we and he and I have similar uh, things to go after, mm. some of the things we care about and all this other stuff that kept us, you know, attached and we've known each other and we're still friends because of that. And there are a lot of other people that I don't necessarily, that I didn't necessarily talk to. I, I may have talked to more, but I didn't form an actual mm. real connection with, and I don't talk to them. Now, granted, that could just be because, you know, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. reach out to them. I don't really know, but that's probably not, you know, and probably I'm, that lack of connection is probably not, you know, not yeah. a factor. You know, it's not not a factor. But, um, and, you know, I think that it's, I mean, again, mm-hmm. you and I are talking about this now. And the last time, <laughs> and I have not seen you in person since the summer of 2018 mm-hmm. the yeah. summer of 2018 i have not seen you since then and i have <laughs> and i am now 20 years old mm-hmm. i i am in the big apple yes, sir. you are in spokane and and i'm already a sophomore in college and yet we're still here talking about this and a yeah. having a good time because i'm enjoying this but um a having a good time and b you know, still here and I still know you and I still talk to you. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, Nick, for those, uh, uh, Nick always does this little thing where he'll put up those, um, what oh, those the, on Instagram? Like, I can't remember. Little, what uh, the question box. You do every day. Yeah. Yeah. The question box. He will put a question box on Instagram. I would say if not every day or every two days, at least every week from what I know, uh, but, uh, and I started to answer those because like, I started talking to Nick again and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start doing this. 
And I mean, I first of all, I did not expect you to take my response oh, yeah. and post them because you've done it every time. Yeah. Which, thank you. But um, yeah, and he and uh, you know, I think that that type of stuff, mm. it's yeah. it's always the little things that get to you. You know, it's never anything like. I think going out of your way to do something big in the mm. expectation that someone's going to remember it never means as much as doing something small with the intention mm. of just doing it for them. You know, like I don't give a damn if I do something and no one remembers it. I'm just glad mm. that I did it and they felt good. And doing that more often than not with that expectation, mm. people remember it more than I think. And I, I can't, I can't appreciate that more. I think that that is something that I'm mm. happy yeah. to be a part of. That, so that makes a lot of sense. I remember you were talking about um, you were talking about like the the way that a, like a driven purpose kind of breaks people together and like working with people and like like working towards a goal with people like the way that that brings people together and it reminded me of a, a conversation that I had with uh, the head wrestling coach at my high school now. Keep in mind, there's no reason that I should have had this conversation. Like this wrestling coach, he was a special ed teacher. I never had him in class. He only coached one sport, coach wrestling, never wrestled in my life, never gotten on a mat. Like this guy, there's no way in which that our like worlds overlapped, minus the fact that he taught at the high school I went to. Like that was it. Um, but for some reason, I always ran into this guy and I, he's one of the dudes who like, he's always just kind of stoic. Like he's not like not super reactionary. And like, I always love being able to make people who are normally really straight face, just like get them to smile because it makes me feel like I actually accomplished something. And I always would have conversations with this guy. And one day we were, I, I showed up at a, at a, uh, what's it called? A fundraiser for the wrestling team. Cause I just like, always, I love supporting those dudes cause they never get enough love. Uh, always just an underrated group of dudes who work their butts off, man. And I pulled up at this fundraiser and this is one of those stories where like, it seems super insignificant, but I think about this like once every day, like at least once a day, I think about this because, um, I got out of my car and they were doing washing cars and stuff. And I was joking around with a couple of them saying hi to the coaches. And um, I was just talking to, I was just talking to the wrestling coach and I was like, huh, it's crazy, man. I always feel like I have a conversation with you every day, but I always feel like it's the same conversation. And he was like, yeah, there's something about being able to sit down and work on something with another person that makes the two of you get a better connection. And he's like, we've just never been in a situation where we've been serving the work together. And that stuck in my head so much because it made me think about like all of these different people who I've been friends with for years where I had spent time with them, but we'd never done anything where we were both passionately like working towards a goal. Like there wasn't a situation where we were working on a fundraiser together or we were working on like a community project together or just like going out and trying to like spread some love in the world. But those people who like, I learned about these things with, or tried to put these things into action with like you, like the things that we were able to do in our like cabinet camp, like the, the amount of like attempting to serve the work that we did, like that brought us together faster. Like you mentioned the whole aspect of like, there's people from camp that like, I remember everything about them, but I couldn't tell you about this thing related to my friend who I've known for 15 years. Like there's something about, people conversing about important topics or serving the work and trying to like 
do things together and just working alongside each other that just it builds a connection that you can't manufacture from just like hanging out and shooting the shit and not really doing things. Um, and that's like a moment that always stuck with me because I realized it was like there were people in my life where I'm like, wow, why don't I have a better relationship with this person? Like, why is it that like I feel like I can talk to Jackson Hudgens, who I've hung out with for one week of my entire life and feel like I can sit down and be like, yo, let's talk about like the things that we care about in the world and have that conversation to an even greater extent than like, turning to my friend who I would like eat nuggets with at lunch in middle school. Like I've known that man for 10 years and I don't feel like I ha could have that conversation with him. Like it made me realize just how significant it is to just like put in the work and like have time to be vulnerable and like be honest with other people. And I feel like that space that we were in at camp, like that's just what it provides. So those relationships feel like they're just like a lightning strike that just seals people together. But it's really just that shared experience of going through such a profound like paradigm shift of how we look at the world, how we look at relationships, like how we look at the way that we act on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but yeah, man, that, that conversation with uh, my guy, Matt Harshman, amazing, amazing dude, great coach, great educator. Um, it, it's one of those things I think about it every day. Like if there's a person in my life where I'm like, man, I wish I knew them better. It always comes down to like, all right, let's, let me figure out something that, I can like work with, work with them on, like figure out something I can talk about them with, like finding better ways to ask them questions so that we talk about something more than just like, oh, hey, like, how's your bio class? Oh my gosh. Oh, how's your sister? Like you're really getting down and talking about them and talking about what they believe. Like I was watching uh, the movie Goodwill Hunting the other day, man, and I'm a sucker for Matt Damon. I can't lie. I love that dude. But hey, I was watching it and there's a quote <laughs> where Robin Williams character just says, there's nothing that I can learn from you. That's not in a book unless we're talking about you. And it's like that whole aspect of, all right, man, uh, we can talk about whatever we want. We can talk about biology. We can talk about the revolutionary war. We can talk about anything in the world. Someone's talked about it in a book already, unless we want to talk about each other, you know? Um, and it just like, it really, thinking about that consistently always makes me like look at the way I'm talking to my friends differently and be like, all right, you know what? Like, I don't want to talk to you about your class. I want to talk to you about you, like how you're doing, what you think, what you believe, things that you're feeling. Like it really changes the way that you look at relationships and the way you look at conversations. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like I can actually think of as, as funny as this sounds, I, you saying like, mm. you don't actually know somebody until you do the work type thing. I can think of a really, really weird concrete mm -hmm. thing that I remember from when I was in eighth grade uh, that I can remember like yeah. that for some really odd reason of that type of thing. So um, when I was in, uh, uh, mm -hmm. I went to school, uh, I went to Eastside yeah. Catholic uh, for both middle school and high school. And when I was in eighth grade, I remember this very vividly. Uh, uh, for those of you who were in eighth grade with me, you'll remember this. Uh, there was something we had to do called, I think it was like History Maker or something like that. We had to do for eighth grade uh, humanities class where uh, every year there was a theme and you had to like, make like this big, huge presentation. It was like a good like three, four months worth of work. And like you had to have like 30 pages of sources and all this other stuff, which as a person who's current, who, who took college English and all this other stuff, <laughs> You never need that many, but also, also an eighth grader, you felt like that was, you know, 
a catastrophic amount of work when if I was doing it now as like a college student, I could probably get it done in like a week at most. But um, uh, but it was really funny because the people I had in my group, um, one of them uh, was uh, a guy named Jason Medeiros, who I've known for a very, very long, who I'd known for a little bit before that. And I know now for, for I've known now for a pretty long time. And uh, before that, I argue that me and Jason were kind of, you know, mm-hmm. tangentially connected. We were like connected, but not really. Um, I think that we didn't yeah. really have like a full, full connection type deal. And I think after that, because I remember that was the first time that we started cracking jokes. It was the first time mm. we laughed. It was the first time we started enjoying each other's company, even yeah. with the fact that we were, you know, stressing big time over this. And he told me different things about his life and all this other stuff. And, you know, ever since then, um, me and him have gotten much, much closer. And then even, even more reinforcing on that, I was on the football team with him and mm-hmm. that was a whole nother thing. Like that added a whole nother layer to it. And like still today, like Jason goes to Air Force mm-hmm. in uh, Colorado Springs now. I'll still talk to him. I still have good conversations with him. He's one of the people I'll, I'll go talk to any time of the day. And he's amazing. And, you know, that's that mm. they all started over something so small and so insignificant. And like and I'd argue that's pretty similar with a lot of other people on the football team, too. Football, the football team is another one of those things. Absolutely. You know, we're fighting for some, we're fighting for something together. You know, now, granted, there are some people who are out there mm-hmm. to, you know, get a scholarship for themselves and go somewhere, you know. And I never connected with those people. That was never something that I connected very well with. But there are other people who didn't do that. And the people who didn't do that, I remember, and the yeah. people that I still talk to every once in a while. But the other ones, not so much. I didn't really remember them. I don't really talk to them that much. And, you know, I don't know why that is. I don't know the full mm. reason why. There could be a lot of reasons, but that's I think that's part of the reason. And, um, you know, and I am infinitely thankful for the fact that I have actually found those people. Because I think that any time you meet someone like that, it's worth it. I don't think there's any time where going out of your way to mm. find people like that is never not going <laughs> to benefit you. Unless, of course, we're lying about it. But yeah. That's not really – at that point, that's not your fault. But um, I think that, um, you know, I think that it's a, a wonderful, amazing thing. And I think that, you know, over the years, I think that unlike what, I, what you would expect to happen, I think that I found more and more people – that had that same thing versus less and less like you'd think that as you get older and people you know have their own separate interests and all sort of stuff they start you yeah. know, splitting off and doing their own thing and you find less and less people that do that i'd argue that's not true at all i think that um as you get older people have a have enough similarity in what they want to do that or at least have the ability to adjust what they're doing to have like enough of a connection with somebody that i'd say you get more and more people to to uh you know go along with it and i think you get more and more people to have a bigger connection with like i did not expect in college to have the same size friend group as i do as i did in high school now i have the exact same size friend group i actually argue a little bit bigger at least in the core of sense mm. in college than i did in high school somehow even though i spent way less time with people in college right now i've spent probably mm. i spent half the time right now uh, with people in college and I did in high school, which is two years. Yeah. I'd argue less than that because COVID probably cut a good quarter of that year off. I argue mm-hmm. that it's more like a year and a, a year and a quarter, a year and a half. But um, I know I've known them less, but they're still like 
arguably mm-hmm. some of the you know, they're arguably becoming some of my best friends. And you know, it's 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 really strange, you know, because you know you think <laughs> you when you're in high school, you think high school is where it ends. And then when that's all, that's what everyone thinks is that you think that mm. high school is the end all be all. And once it's over, it's over. And, you know, granted, I will say this is that I was, I was not okay when high school was over. That was like a huge blow to me. Cause those, those people are like the people that I met in high school are some of the most amazing people I've ever met. But once I got to college and, um, you know, is, I will say this, it's a tiny bit worse than I thought it was going to be because once I got here, I realized, wait a minute, I am in New Jersey, a state that is literally across the country from anyone I know, <laughs> except for like three people that go to school in Manhattan, uh, yep. three or four people that go to school in Manhattan. That's it. That's all I know. And I'm going over here to a school where I know for a fact zero people yeah. from where I'm from have been are and have ever been here. I am not, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I thought it was going to be awful, but thank God I found, uh, you know, those few people that kind of started me. And those, and the thing is that those, those, those few people snowballed into a group that is, Mm. I'd argue pretty big and still pretty awesome. Um, but, um, you know, it's weird. And like, you don't expect, like, the thing is that I know, I did not realize how, how foreign, I guess I could call myself how foreign I was in this, mm. like, how, sorry, how this environment, how foreign this environment was for me is that, um, I shouldn't say I'm foreign. That's a weird, weird thing to say. Um, but, uh, how foreign this environment was for me, because if you look at like the student body at Stevens, um, like I would say I've met one other person that is, that lived in Seattle and I have met maybe a total of 10 mm. 10 or 12 people who are from the West coast at all. And the rest are either from Jersey, New York, uh, Connecticut, or like Pennsylvania. And like, it is the strangest things. I'm like, I know for a fact, I never would have met you people. What is happening? And like, I, no one under, like the thing is, is that I have people who have no idea about where I've come from. And yet I still have a wonderful friend group. And I'd argue that that ended up becoming a non-issue pretty damn quickly because you know why would it after a little while i think that at a certain point it becomes it doesn't matter like there's a certain point where the things that happened before don't matter in your friend in your friendship in your connections because all that matters at that point is what you're doing now and what you've developed now and i think that that is a you know something that i think people need to know i think people need to understand because i don't think enough people understand that anymore I think that everyone kind of like has reservations. I think that people uh, try to make it an issue. Um, I think people try to, you know, like mold people. Mm. I think that molding people is the weirdest like habit people have of trying to mold somebody to be, um, you know, more like someone that they think they like when in reality, perhaps if you actually took the effort, like a good person would to understand a person and take the you know aspects mm-hmm. of them and look at them all then maybe you'll find something you like because i think that a lot of people don't do that i think that a lot of people i think i'm gonna you know i'm gonna be blunt i think that the people who do that are lazy and i think that they ultimately are going to be much more do i want to be 
I'm trying to see mm. how I don't want to be like too crass here, but I also feel strongly about this. I don't know what to do here. Um, I, you know, I'm going to be crass. Uh, I think that they're going to end up uh, much sadder and much more alone mm. than the people who actually take the time and the energy to do that. And I'm going to be honest with you, because if you don't, I don't think that I don't think that a you're going to find anything rewarding and I don't and B, I don't think you're going mm. to find anyone else who wants to associate with someone who's not getting anything rewarding. So, but you know, I, I that's I I don't think mm. that that's most people, but I think that there are certain yeah, and it's always interesting to look at so. look at situations like that and people who function like that because a lot of times it comes out of some sort of uh, some sort of like internal problem that they're having with the way that they like look at themselves. Like uh, I don't know if you remember what we talked about with the big lies at camp, but a lot of what people do in their relationships that um, at least I'll speak from a personal perspective, a lot of things I've done um, that have definitely like hurt some of my relationships or been like failures in my relationships have been related to me attempting to either be someone I'm not or attempting to try to make those around me um, act by a set of moral standards that none, neither of us actually stand for. Um, I know that uh, like the four big lies for people who probably don't know, cause it's kind of a niche subject, but uh, it's basically, yeah, basically it's the idea that uh, <laughs> there are four major lies cool. that all people tend to believe at least one of them. Um, and they're usually related to just things, the, the way that we view ourselves and the way that we view our self-worth. So um, it basically boils down to big line number one being, uh, I must meet certain standards to feel good about myself, uh, whether that be certain grades, uh, being in, accepted into certain majors, certain schools, uh, how you do on a field, uh, whatever sport that you specialize in, things like that. Um, big line number two, which is where I get bit in the ass frequently, is uh, the fear of rejection. Um, it's that uh, I must meet the standards of certain people in order to feel, to feel good about myself. So I must meet my parents' standards or my teacher's standards or my friend's standards in order to feel validated in who I am. Uh, number three is the fear of punishment. It's like this idea that if we, uh, if we fail, then we deserve to be punished and we're unworthy of love. It's like, I can't mess up because if I mess up, then people won't believe that I'm worthy. Uh, and then big line number four is this idea um, that I am who I am and I cannot change. I'm hopeless. It's like this perspective that based on your life experiences, you don't think that there's any way that you can change and be better uh, and make more of yourself than what you already are. Um, for me, with big line number two, that fear of rejection, of feeling like I need to like meet these standards of certain people, it usually comes out in like meeting the standards of my friend group, uh, meeting the standards of like certain people who I look up to, and meeting the standards of like my teachers. So it's like in my relationships with my friends, it becomes a thing where I'll do things that aren't within like my beliefs, things that I 
I'm not okay with like being rude, being disrespectful, um, being mean to people, trying to be funny, like making these mistakes because I'm afraid of what my friends are going to think if I don't try to make myself look cool in front of them. And it all stems from that like fear that if I don't like, if I don't make them laugh, if I'm not someone that they think is cool or think is funny, that they're not going to think I'm worth spending time with. Um, and like with everything you're talking about, it's like, I've definitely fallen in that category before of like, man, I'm acting like this because I don't want people to like separate from me. I want to be with this group of people, but in reality, it's making me the kind of person that I don't want to be around and the person that they don't want to be around either. Um, and it takes a lot. Like I have to be very active when I think about it of like making sure that I'm being authentic with like who I am as well as with like, being honest with my friends about who I am, because if I don't, then that's when it slowly starts to fester into this like fear and the shame of like, I need to be different in order to be accepted or feel worthy of my friend's love and attention. I mean, I, I mean, mm. dude, I, I could not like relate and feel that more. Cause like for me, in my life, like it was kind of similar. I'd say that I had a mm. combination of yeah. lie two and three or two and four a little bit. But um, like uh, the first thing was that, and I think for me that every single time I felt that that way, ultimately by the end of it, when I realized it was a lie was because someone like I actually developed a relationship with someone with other people. Those other mm. people showed me through the way they were that those were lies. And like, and like, I think that the thing is, I was being a little crass earlier. I think that the truth is that you're right, that it typically is something that they have on their own. And I think that the problem is with, with things like that is that I think we have a poor understanding when we're younger mm. that, you know, you don't have to carry it all alone. And typically that makes carrying it all your own. Basically, it's, I, I have an interesting analogy for this. I don't know where I came up with this analogy, but it's not a bad one. So if you, in my opinion, uh, if you were going through the Sahara Desert and you were carrying a bunch of different things on your back, mm. probably about halfway through your journey, you're dying on the sand. But if you had like, you know, like a camel mm. or like another like animal, like a pack mule or whatever, right beside you, taking a little bit of that load, mm -hmm. it'll make it a little easier, make it a little yeah. farther, you know? Make it a tiny bit farther than the next one, you know? And then if you, you know, add another person behind mm -hmm. you and you have a caravan, you'll make it a little farther again, you know? And I think that uh, people, I think that we need to tell people that making that caravan is the way to actually get across the desert. Because if you don't do it, you're never going to get anywhere. And I think for me, like, when I was really, really young, like, this and I don't even know. I don't remember where this came from. I don't know what's what the deal was because it was so long ago, and I don't even think there was a real cause to it. But um, when I was younger, probably around like third or fourth grade, I remember having this little seed of a thought mm. in the back of my head that was just stuck there, and it was that I don't know why I thought this. This is the weirdest thing because no one ever deserved. For me to think this about them but um there's a little seed where i thought that every single person that was mm. a friend of mine was actually just pretending to be my friend and that i actually was not nearly as cool 
or as mm. like awesome as they think I thought I was. They just were all lying about it. And I don't know where it came from. And but the thing is that it, it was the most toxic thing for me for the next mm. up until I'd say about my junior year of high school, I thought that. Like genuinely I thought that and it was the most toxic, awful thing uh, I could have thought because for one thing, I definitely attributed things to other people that I mm. that did not deserve it at all. And then I felt like garbage because of that. And uh, the thing is, it took me being a junior and a senior in high school to realize, because I ended mm -hmm. up having friends who were actually legitimately close to mm -hmm. me who were willing to tell me things that I felt I was willing to tell them too, that I realized mm -hmm. at that point that, oh, that's all garbage. These yeah. are all wonderful people. And me thinking that just mm -hmm. ultimately ends up hurting me. And then by extension, other people too. And, you know, I, it just, I, after that, it's just like, you know, it's, it's like, mm -hmm. um, lifting, it's like lifting the shades, you know, I can see everything now. And it's like, you saw it all and you're just like, oh, that makes so much more sense. And then for me, I, you know, mm -hmm. I lost a whole lot from yeah. that because I probably missed out on so much from that, but Right at the end of high school, I don't know if anyone, like if anyone's listening who was in high school with me, you saw me, my senior, junior and senior playing catch up. I played so much catch up of trying to get all the stuff that I had missed and be like as best as I possibly could. I was playing all that catch up all the way back to the top. And I think that I did as best as I could. My personal opinion, I'm, I was so happy with my last year's high school. I felt my first year's high school were garbage, but my last year's high school were amazing. And I think that um, people like really need to understand that for one thing, holding your feelings in is never ever a good thing ever because uh, holding your feelings in just allow them to ferment and become just awful uh, things because mm. the longer you hold it in, the harder it is to get rid of it, you know? So, and I think that, you know, finding somebody, I don't care who it is. It could be anybody on this planet. Finding a person to, you know, help you out through that mm -hmm. is like one of the best things to do. And like, and the thing is that I, because like, even for me, I realized this after I, you know, realized that uh, what I was doing was toxic to a lot of different people. I realized that I wasn't being, you know, the person I need to be because I'm willing to bet money that there's a lot of people I met who didn't necessarily tell me these things because mm -hmm. yeah. I couldn't handle myself. So why would I ever be able to handle whatever they had, you know? And, you know, that made me feel bad. But then I also realized like, I need to do that now. And I think that I did a good job. I don't know, mm -hmm. but uh, I think I did a decent enough job to feel good about it. Um, and, you know, and then the other one, the, the other fourth lie, I believed for a very, very short time. And that was only because uh, mm -hmm. I believed two and four simultaneously right around mm -hmm. that sophomore year time. And then once two fell, four fell too. But, um, you mm -hmm. know, I've been, uh, you know, a little bit bigger my whole life, like body yeah. wise. And I always hated it because I always thought that I looked mm -hmm. awful. And I always, I've always been self-conscious of myself when it comes to appearance. Um, and then uh, mm -hmm. um, by the time I was after that second line fell, I was like, okay, I don't really care at this point. It's not really that big of a deal. 
Um, and then, uh, and the thing is that like, that wasn't really a full retraction of that lie. Cause the reality was, I still thought I couldn't do anything about it. I just, mm -hmm. I just was more comfortable with it. It's not that I couldn't, you know, I could actually do something with it. Um, and then my senior year, I went out of my way, uh, to, um, I went mm -hmm. on probably, first of all, the most hellish diet I've ever been on my life, but it worked. Uh, it was, um, I cut, uh, sugar, uh, carbon, carbohydrates and fat from my diet for about mm -hmm. a good two or three months. And, uh, I lost, I lost like 40 pounds and I felt amazing and I looked amazing. And like, mm -hmm. and then after that, I realized, oh, I can change anything I put my mind to at that point. Like mm -hmm. with the help of other people, you can, you know, change what you want to change no matter what. And like, um, for me, and the other thing for me is that, um, uh, like the other thing is that I've learned many different times, like regarding my appearance, I've learned so many different things and I have a lot more control over it. Like, um, this is going to sound really weird to people, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, for me, I have a, a skin condition on my face, um, called, uh, seborrheic dermatitis. And, um, it's basically, um, an issue where my body, uh, thinks that, um, a normally benign thing on my skin is actually a like issue. So it, it kills the dead since the, the skin cells and then they flake off. And if I don't pay attention to it, it looks terrible because it's red, it's gross and the skin flakes sit there. And I, before I realized what it was, I was not a, I was not dealing with it effectively, which for anybody who has something like that, go to the doctor and find out because if you don't, you end up doing a lot more damage and it ends up looking worse. <laughs> I will not recommend trying to solve it yourself. No, no. <laughs> that was not a fun, that was not a fun couple of months, um, trying to figure that out. Um, but, um, after that I realized I have control over it and I feel so much better about it. And like, I have so much, I feel like I have much more control over my appearance than I ever have. And at that point, I, and the other thing is that when you, I, for me, I found that when I had more control over it, I did not care as much what other people thought. Like when I'm at, like, I go to the gym now, uh, cause gyms are open in New Jersey and I go to the gym, uh, as much as I can. Cause I, it exercise always makes me feel great. But, um, now that I'm going to the gym, I used to feel self-conscious. I'm like, whenever I went to the gym, uh, it's like, what is this dude doing at the gym? Yeah. What the hell is this? He definitely doesn't belong here. And now I'm there now and I don't give a shit. I don't mm -hmm. care. That's not my problem. I'm, yeah. I'm doing my health for me. That's not, that's not your concern. And if you have a concern about the way I'm doing my mm. workout or whatever, that seems like an issue that you should be dealing with. And like, I, and it makes me, yeah. and the thing is that that has made me feel so much better. And like, uh, it is like a godsend mm. to be able to just, just destroy those lies yeah. and get back to, you know, and get back to kind of a balance center. Cause like, I, I honestly think despite the pandemic, which I think is awful. Um, I think between, uh, December of, uh, of last, so of December of 2019 to today, I think that that has been the best time mm. I have ever yeah. had since the beginning of high school. And I mean that genuinely. Yeah. 
I have, I am loving it right now. Mm-hmm. And even though there was, you know, pandemic going on, a raging pandemic, and I can't really see my friends or anything, um, yeah. I feel great. And I feel like I'm actually doing something with myself. And, you know, I am, you know, that, that sounds weird because, you know, most people, when they think mm-hmm. of a global pandemic, do not typically think of, yeah. you know, happiness and positivity. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, I think that uh, that has made me feel better. And I, and to be honest with you, the other reason I did this podcast, I think I want to take that like positivity out to other people. Granted, I know that some people aren't necessarily going to, you know, take it that way. Mm-hmm. And I think some people won't, you know, won't necessarily take that lesson or whatever, but I'm still going to do it. But, um, and I think that it's been, you know, it's, it's great to, yeah. you know, get back to a balance center yeah. of yourself. Yeah. And get Absolutely, to a point man. where you It, are it makes good. the biggest difference you in know? the world when you can develop that filter of like truth and usefulness, right? Like you think about just the amount of intake that we do on a daily basis of just influences for that aren't from our like aren't even from ourselves like what we read in the news what we see on our social media feed what we hear from our peers from our family um what the current culture is telling us what our past is telling us like there's so much of that that a lot of times we just let go in our minds unfiltered and just do whatever it wants um and it's like once like the way you're talking about it like once you develop that filter of you know, even if those around me look at me like, what is this dude doing at the gym? Like you're developing that filter of like, yeah, but the truth is I'm just working on myself and that's all I have control over. So I'm happy I'm here. Like developing that filter is so critical. It's like, obviously right now is not necessarily a great time to be uh, trying to live and like grow in a pandemic, like people losing their homes, losing their jobs, trying to survive. But you're, you've been lucky enough to be in a good position and like taking that time to develop that filter of really understanding uh, the like truth within uh, your influences and not like letting the lies control how you feel like that's massive because one thing that I, I think is fair to say for most people is that um Posit- well, positive like thoughts and emotions definitely are very can be very strong. Um, there's definitely a case to be made that negative feelings of like anxiety or anger or resentment or hostility, like all of those things, can have a lot more of an influence on us based on the way that they make us act or the way that we let them make us act. Right? Like, um, it's a lot easier for me to do something kind for another person and then feel very joyful about it versus a lot of times when I feel super anxious and I'm stressed or I'm feeling jealous or sensitive or just hope like hopeless things like that those push me to act more negatively than uh, any positive emotions push me to act more positively Um, and I really love hearing that you've taken that filter and been able to apply it to yourself in a way that lets you make choices autonomously from your emotions and not be acting as an emotional person, but as a person who wants to push positivity into the world, who wants to do things and stand up for other people and like 
push positivity into the world, even though it's hard and may not feel like you're doing it, uh, like different things like that, you're not letting your feelings determine your actions. And that's so pivotal to really being the kind of person that you want to be and not being like a slave to yourself, like not being tied to how you feel, being the guiding way that you choose how to treat other people. Um, and I really love hearing that, like, you've been able to develop that filter and take in a time that is super difficult for all of us, more so for others and some, of course, but uh, taking this super difficult time and been able to try to pull something positive for yourself out of it. Well, I appreciate that. That makes me feel really good. Thank you. Um, and like, and I couldn't agree with you more. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I think that, you, first of all, like you said that I immediately got, thought of a good example for me. Like, you know, I live in the city and, you know, there's subways and that's typically the way I get around because I'm not paying for parking. Um, but um, uh, uh, the subways, like sometimes I'll be walking down the stairs, there'll be someone a little bit slow. And in my head, I'm like, I'm going to miss the train. Mm. This is garbage. And then um, as I'm going down the stairs, by the time I get to the bottom, I miss the train. And in my head, the first thing I want to do is yell at the person for being so slow. And then mm. for me, like, I have to stop myself and realize there's going to be another train <laughs> yeah. in three minutes. Like, I can survive. I'll live. Mm. It's not going to be the end of the world. I'll deal with it. And, like, I think that um, kind of take – I think that for me, taking – I have kind of taken this weird little thing where I'm going to take – the lessons and the good things that I've learned through the past, through what I learned from my peers on social, what I learned from my peers, mm. what I see on social media, all other stuff. I take the good things and lessons and things, and then just ignore the rest and just live in the present because mm. that's the only thing in truth that I have complete control over right now. I have no control mm -hmm. over the future broadly. I have control over my future, but not completely. Mm -hmm. I have zero control over the past and I have no control over anyone, anyone else's, anyone else's anything. So for me, just focusing on my present, and how I feel and how I'm good and how, and using, and for me, using my present to make, to attempt to make other people's mm -hmm. presence, presence feel yeah. great. That's all I, that's all I really kind of care about at this point. Like if I'm like, first of all, like focus on myself, because for me, I've learned and anyone who's been around me probably has learned that if I'm not if I'm not good on like my if I'm not on a good even keel on my side, um, I'm not a pleasant person, um, and that's you know and I need and the thing is that I need I need and I definitely do not focus on myself nearly enough as I should. I am a very like forward thinking individual who definitely needs to focus on myself more than I should, or more definitely more than I should. And then the other thing is that mm. when I focus on myself, I feel like I give other people so much more than if I'm not. So, you know, like it's, 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 and I think that that's valuable for everybody. And I think that, um, and I hope my, my biggest hope, because I can never know, because I think that it is, um, a little bit, um, weird to ask somebody. And I think mm -hmm. kind of ruins the magic. If you start asking people like about the influence of you and all this other stuff for me, anyway, that's how I feel. Um, I know that everyone's different and I do not, I do not like, don't take that mm -hmm. as a way of like, you know, you should do this or whatever. I'm just saying how it feels for me. But, um, for me, like, I don't ask people, so I don't know how I, mm -hmm. how I 
influence people. And um, I do it anyway. And I think that um, because I don't know, uh, finding out later that I've done it makes me feel great. And I think that um, yeah. and I hope my, my biggest yeah. hope is that I actually do influence people and they actually do feel that way. And, um, and if you're listening, by the way, and you, and, you, and you know that, just know that I'm glad that I influenced you. Uh, you don't have to tell me or whatever you can, but you don't have to. Um, but um, you can do what you want. But uh, I think that that's a wonderful you know, thing. I think that having, I think this is it. I think that everybody, I don't think this is a good thing. I think that everybody mm -hmm. appreciates having influenced somebody. And I think having people to yeah. influence them. I think that's never anything that anyone doesn't want. Yeah, I man, absolutely. That a, always a that's the other thing, too. That like, informs almost everything. Like what you mentioned of, like, not having to tell you or whatever. Like, 99% of the influence that you put into the world, you're not going to know. Like, there, there's no way for us to gauge what actions we do on a daily basis and the extent to which they influence another person. Like, the moments where people will tell you, hey, you had this influence on me because of what you did. Like, those don't happen almost almost ever in my experience like it, it's a very rare thing and it's something i treasure a lot when someone is willing to like say something like that or they go out of their way to and there are definitely moments that like stick in that one percent that i think about a lot but it's so difficult because it's like we're we're spending our days like trying to reap and not reap we're trying to sow these different seeds of positivity of kindness of patience and we're just going to hope that at some point someone can reap the benefits of those. Like I had a former teacher who I, I asked him about um, what's the biggest thing that you struggled with when you started teaching? Because I want to be an educator. So I was really interested in asking him this. And the first thing without even hesitating, the first thing he said was it's really hard when you start because you don't know if you're actually making a difference. And then he goes, and then 25 years into my career, I get an email from a kid in my like third year of teaching who was like, hey, you said this thing to me at some point and held me accountable. And that really, really helped me. And it's a very important part of my life that I think about a lot. And it's like, dude, that's that's crazy. He gets 25 years into a profession and that moment is one of the first times where he really understands the weight of the influence he had in a kid's life. Like it's difficult to think that you're probably not going to know the influence that you have and then try to just keep doing it anyway. But it's kind of a faith thing and it's kind of a, just, I believe that these things and these principles are important. So I'm going to put them into the world, whether or not I get to enjoy the, enjoy hearing the results of the things I do. Um, but I also, I really liked the, really liked the thing you said about working on yourself and making sure that you're prioritizing that so you can be a better person, right? Like there's this, there's this American author, uh, named, I believe John Eldridge. I think I'm saying that right. I hope I am. Um, but he, he wrote, I don't know what book it's from, but I heard a quote from him that he said, uh, when it comes to the whole subject of loving others, you must know how to handle your own heart because how you handle your own heart is how you'll handle theirs. So it's like the, that like taking care of yourself, taking care of your own corner before you try to go out into the world and do these things. Like exactly what you said. Like I used to think for a long time that I could just go out and try to be kind hundred percent of the time and just never give myself a break and just go, go, go. 
And it leads to a burnout so fast because you aren't spending time taking care of yourself and you can't be reliant upon other people to take care of your heart. Like you have to be able to really stay honest with yourself um, and take care of yourself. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to continually be the kind of person you want to be. Um, like a good friend of mine named Tyler Richard is one of the one of those dudes where you're in high school and you just like you find a senior and you're like, damn, I really want to be like that dude. Like he was he was one of those guys for me. And one thing that Tyler told me after he graduated was, look, dude, there's going to be a lot of times throughout the rest of your years in high school, there's years in life where you're going to get burnt out because you're trying to go at 100 percent all the time. And he asked me this question where he said, would you rather be 100% present and 100% there for people 90% of the time and have 10% for yourself where you can really take care of yourself? Or would you rather that you go 100% and burn out and not continue, and not be the type of person you want to be? And it was like this moment of clarity where I was like, man, Either I can be at 90% of who I want to be as a person all the time and not ever fully be present with people, or I can make the sacrifice of taking that 10% for me and then be able to be 100% there and 100% present for people. And I don't know about you, but I'm definitely going to say for myself, when people are 100% there with you, when you're trying to talk to them or have an important conversation, or you just need someone to be there, if they're not 100% there, that's hard. Like that's, that's something that's really, really necessary, at least from my perspective. Um, and I would much rather have somebody who I know has to take time for themselves. And like, I can't just have, they're not available all the time, but for them to, to know at some point, they'll be able to be a hundred percent present with me. That's so massive. Like that's huge for me. Okay. That is a hundred percent. I could not agree more. Is a hundred percent what I would most definitely do, and I am mm -hmm. going to say that we are kind of running in the. We're kind of uh, getting yes. to the end here, so I'm going to kind of move us to that place. But we're going to kind of finish here for the last like three minutes. Um, but uh, like for me, like definitely like all the people that were in uh, my ASB cabinet, people in my friend group, all of those people, like having people there to be able to talk to and be like present is one of the best, most amazing things to have. Anyway, um, I would like to thank uh, all of you here who are listening. Uh, I appreciate you guys for supporting me through this podcast. And I also would like to thank my wonderful, amazing guest, uh, Mr. Nick Uchum, because he is an amazing, wonderful person. And I'm glad that he found the time to talk to me and kind of, you know, give me the opportunity to absolutely take the bro i appreciate you uh kind of letting me come on and talk and have a dope conversation there's a there's nothing that i treasure more than getting to talk about shit that i care about with people i care about so i appreciate you a ton bro